All righty. Uh, it is time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for the Global Threat Report. Uh, of course, sponsored by the uh, Global Threat Solution. That's the uh, Captain Ken Bombay's tremendous uh, company. All the great work uh, that he does for peace of mind in uncertain times. Let's not forget the offices all over the world, but based right here on Long Island uh, in uh, Suffolk County for peace of mind in uncertain times. Uh, just check out the website, GlobalThreatSolutions.com, the aforementioned. Uh, Captain Ken Bombay, it's a pleasure to have you, sir. Thanks, sir. Thanks for having me on. Indeed. Again, uh, Global Threat Solutions, 100% veteran-owned, Long Island-based security investigations firm and offers so much, well, all the services. Uh, it is uh, just a tremendous uh, company that CAP uh, has put together, fully licensed private investigations firm and offers comprehensive private investigations uh, in today's day and age. Uh, folks, you need it. Um, Cap, I want to go to the Uvalde, Texas report uh, that came out yesterday. And uh, you and I uh, spoke extensively uh, when this event occurred in May of 2022. Uh, And just an incredible Dropping of the old football by enforcement. 77 minutes. You and I spoke about this ad nauseum until enforcement actually went into that school. And, of course, uh, that allowed uh, this uh, this shooter, this killer, to go in and, and uh, slaughter 19 kids and two teachers. But, uh, you know, we talked about it over and over again, and the report basically accentuated that talk, sir. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this so much, not just with this incident, but with other incidents as well. And, you know, they they say this was riddled with failures, this latest DOJ report. And everyone kind of knew that, but I think it's important to put it in writing and try and learn from it and move forward. And I think it's indicative, Jay, of how, you know, everything become, becomes, um, you know, casual. Like, there's, of course, there's, Departments all over the country will say, yeah, we we have active shooter training. We require everybody to go to. But it's just checking the box. And I think we need to step up the training and the policies concerning these incidents across the country. Um, You know, they'll have mandated requirements in so many states for, you know, fire drills. But they won't have it mandated for incidents like this. And even then, again, I think one thing we lack in, there's also... There's so much training for the first responders, the people who are coming to these incidents, um, the the frontline officers. I think we need leadership training because this was a failure in leadership. This decision, there were there were officers who wanted to go in. There were people frustrated standing there, and this was a leadership failure to have sat there so painfully long while all of these children were were killed. That's where the the real failure was in this, and I think they need to do not only for the officers responding to it, but the incident management at the leadership level, that was a tremendous failure. So the bottom line is this needs to be, you know, dissected, this report, and then changes have to be made at every level, from the local level to the federal level. Yeah, just so much confusion, cowardice uh, among these officers, Cap, who ran toward the sound of gunfire, and then 
stopped. I mean, it just seemed like they stopped almost immediately. I mean, one guy's on his cell phone, literally. I mean, I don't know what was going on. It was unbelievable. Maybe he took out the cell phone. Um, yeah. But it, it, it is unbelievable. Um, and it also said that, that these guys' decisions just ran counter to the uh, widely established active shooter response protocol. And you know what really bothers me, too, is this school in particular practiced drills. So you mean to tell me all of the drills, all of the practice, the scenarios involved, and they were like the Keystone Cops. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. How does that happen? It shows you how that, that things could look great on paper, but it's really a paper tiger because you look at not only did they train for this just recently before, you know, right before this occurred, but they had a dedicated, like, school district police. <laughs> and this is what happened. How about all the districts that don't even have that? You know, but I do think this is a great case to support the idea of having armed officers or some armed response element for school districts, for districts that, that can afford it anyway. And I know some people, it's, it's a political um, objection to it. I've dealt with this in my law enforcement career. It doesn't even make sense. Well, the people believe there should be no guns on school property, even police. But that doesn't even make sense. The police are trained to protect people. That's their job to protect people. But it's just a it's a black and white view of guns bad. We don't want them here. Well, that sounds great until somebody comes in there with a long gun and wants to murder all your children. Then, then all of a sudden, you, you would really like to have some people with guns. But in this case, they had them. They had people lined up. They were loaded for bear, and nobody did anything again. There were, it's, as they say, riddled with failures, but this was a leadership failure. And there should have been, their order should have been given to move so much quicker. If you have time to sit around it, you're, you're literally bored waiting in the hallway on a, making a phone call or texting people. I mean, it's insanity that this, it shows a lack of discipline and most importantly, a lack of leadership. No doubt about it. Uh, and you, you're troubled by the fact, especially with the state budget being unveiled from the governor, how you'll have a decrease. Uh, in some of these districts, which is troubling to me, because you know about half the districts are going to see uh, lighter dollars not coming their way, and that to me means, okay, uh, well, where did you cut? Where do you cut? Where you plan to head? Do you cut uh, security? Do you cut mental health? You know, uh, it's yeah. it's just very sad, very sad to see what's going on, especially with Uvalde. You know that side door. Why was it open to begin with? I mean, it's just. The whole thing was, it's such a beyond tragedy. You run out of words. You really do. You run out of words. You know, if only Jay, one did their job, those lives would have been saved. Okay? Those lives w should have been saved. You're right. And I'm in the security business, and I can tell you um, from experience, the first line item of a budget to get attacked is going to be security. And even in the private sector, these are schools and this is government, even in the private sector, they, they consider these non-client-facing roles security, right? In other words, security isn't making, they don't see it as something making them money. So it's just a cost, an expense. So when things have to be cut, it's the first thing they look to cut, but oftentimes they regret it. You know, you're using, you're investing in that security for what might happen. And you don't get to respond. If you cut all that security and something happens, you do not get to change that quickly. 
takes time to put security apparatus in place. So, again, it's it's oftentimes the first line item that gets cut, and that's what you're seeing there in Texas, too. No question. The cap with us, Global Threat Report, globalthreatsolutions.com. Let's go to the Middle East, the Houthis, uh, at it in the Red Sea, fighting back indeed, airstrikes, uh, cutting down uh, these rebels. That is uh, the, uh, the key. Of course, Lloyd Austin, uh, in a hospital for a couple of weeks, uh, that only added to the calamity of things. It's uh, just unbelievable when you think about what has occurred. Uh, but uh, the beat goes on, and, you know, still Iran at the center of it all with these proxies, uh, Captain. So, uh, yep. you know, at this point in time, it's it's about the U.S. of A waking up. It seems they have somewhat. I say it's a little too late. should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, I agree. It's it's too little too late. That's commonly said about this scenario here. But, Jay, like everything else, every other security dynamic in the Middle East, the, the Houthi situation is escalating. And as we discussed last Friday, the U.S. and the U.K. finally took the fight to the Houthis, and they hit over 60 targets in Yemen. Then just two days ago, on Wednesday, the U.S. finally stated that they will redesignate the Houthis as a terror group, a designation that brings significant sanctions and travel restrictions. And that's one of the big things we need to do is cut the funding, the flow of funding that they're getting to launch these attacks. So that's a good thing. Of course, it's not a good thing that they were removed from that as soon as this administration took office. And now we have to sort of redesignate them as a global terror group. However, uh, to show the impact that it had on the Houthis, it's minimal because in response to that announcement, they targeted the U.S. owned ship with the drone attack. Um, and then the U.S., it, it escalated quickly. Then the U.S. hit 14 more sites, missile launching sites in Yemen as a preemptive move to keep them from launching the missiles at ships in the Red Sea. And that's a good thing, Jay. I just don't understand why it's not constant. We should, right now, we have targeting officers. We have people in the Pentagon. We should, every single known element of the Houthi rebels, as far as missile sites, uh, personnel, leadership, we should be targeting them 24-7. They're actively attacking ships in the Red Sea. They're preventing global shipping. Um, We're going to start to see that the economic impact of that very quickly. Already, shipping companies have suspended. They can't go in there. They can't risk it. We should be targeting them constantly 24 hours a day. And then, uh, finally, last night, Jay, the Houthis fired more missiles at ships overnight. It shows you that they're just planning on continuing. We've had no impact. This makes for over 34 attacks since they began this operation. So the strategy, um, although might not be easy, is clear. We, we need to constantly be targeting them everywhere we can find them. And that has to do with these weapon sites, target key leadership, fighters, anywhere we can find them need to be targeted and killed. And also, we need to continue to move forward. The redesignation was a good thing. Now we need to continue to move forward with the most po- powerful economic sanctions we can. We have to cut that funding that they're constantly getting, you know, to be able to support these attacks. 100%. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, because they still have that revenue stream, ladies and gentlemen. You say you think about the $6 billion and everything else, the prisoner exchange. But don't forget the, the revenue stream of the oil. The amount of, uh, of dollars that they are reaping right now, which is a lot of the funding involved there. So uh, let's keep that in mind. Now, the Cap does a great show with Tom Evans on Saturday. It's called The Captain's Brief. Uh, it's a great show. If you haven't heard, every guest, every week, 
phenomenal importance. The likes of David Petraeus and Steve Israel. Let's give you an example, a couple of examples there. Uh, but, Cap, who do we got tomorrow, you and Tom? We have the uh, president of Suffolk County Deputy Sheriff's PBA. I think I announced that last week, too. He's going to be on. We're going to be talking about some of the current law enforcement issues on Long Island that we're facing. We have a new administration moving forward. And we're going to talk about some of the challenges we face for 24 going forward and how to keep the people of Suffolk safe. And that's very important stuff. That's uh, tomorrow at 11 o'clock, the captain's brief. If you haven't heard the captain's brief, uh, the cap and uh, Tom Evans, I'll tell you, they do a job and a half from 11 until 11.30. Just an amazing job. Uh, Please, uh, take a listen. You'll be hooked. It is uh, one of the best shows you'll ever listen to, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Global Threat Solutions, again, 100% veteran-owned, Long Island-based security investigations firm, uh, offering uh, so, so much. uh, Just a comprehensive private investigations, uh, fully licensed private investigations firm. And, uh, again, uh, go to the website, globalthreatsolutions.com. I'm going to give you a phone number as well, uh, 646-946-6649. Capital will be involved also with a very special uh, panel next week that we have formed, and uh, we look forward to that. I'll give you more details on Monday. Cap might have to move it to Wednesday if that's okay with you. From Thursday to Wednesday, a scheduling situation. But let's let's focus in on Wednesday. Uh, what we did in the studio about a month ago or so really uh, got rave reviews. The cap Tom Evans will be there as we focus in on various topics. You stay well, sir, and we look, to, look forward to see talking with you multiple times next week. Thanks, Jay. I'm looking forward to it.